You're listening to Scoreline Extra, the podcast that brings you some of the best bits from the Scoreline Sports Show on KCLR and one-off sporting specials. For this bonus episode, we're turning our attention to rugby, where there's been plenty of debate around Irish rugby circles at the moment, following the two defeats in the Six Nations in the opening rounds of the competition. Stephen Byrne caught up with former Leinster back row Chris Pym to talk about a few of the big points in rugby at the moment, including the successor to Johnny Sexton, Ireland's lack of game plan under Andy Farrell, the depth of players at all levels, particularly in the forwards, with a discussion also around what makes a good back rower. The two lads also chat about the golf and quality from our world-class players to some of those who are in the 36-man Irish squad. This is what happened for Scoreline Extra. Former Leinster captain Chris Pym and of course rugby analyst here with KCLR over the years as well joins us. Chris, how are you? Good, yeah. Couldn't be better. Yeah, doing our best, fighting the good fights the same. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, um, I suppose we should be uh, thankful and grateful that we have some rugby to look at. This time last year, we weren't so fortunate. March, April, May, the whole world went into a lockdown. But we've got the Pro 14 uh, Champions Cup is on its way back and we're in the middle of the Six Nations. Yeah, no, no, look, it could be worse, yeah, and it's amazing. Rugby was kind of always there in the background, and, um, but it's now because there's so little else on that you're, uh, you actually get quite excited to see an empty stadium with a few lads running around in it. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's great to have it, to be fair. Yeah, absolutely. I even read about a couple of uh, staunch rugby people now that have even started to follow their old premiership teams in the soccer again, and um, which they were no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've I've done the same as well. A man, you man from way back, and uh, I'm kind of learning that all over again as well. So yeah, it needs most and all that. Absolutely. Come here with the Six Nations is what we're at at the moment. Um, we're yeah. in the middle of it. We've a break this weekend. Um, but I suppose, Chris, let's go back and look at Ireland-Wales. So coming into the Six Nations, we had a bit of a wobbly time of it in the Autumn Internationals and the Six Nations Part 2 uh, coming up to Christmas. So we yeah. were looking for a bit of improvement against Wales and, and to see was there any progression of the Ireland team. What did you make of the Wales game? I felt incredibly sorry for them after the Wales game because they were clearly the better side. I thought they played really, really well. I thought with, I mean, that kick to the corner had gone into touch. You know, you really fancy them to win the line out and score. Um, I was, you know, and you look across the park, so many of our players had good games and so few of them had games you could recruit anybody who stood out. So I, and obviously the sanding off was, you know, a massive turning points. But even after the sending off, I mean, they controlled the ball really, really well in that first half. You know, Wales were always going to come back at a good spell in the second half. But even with 14 men, they finished the game, the stronger team, I thought. And, um, just it was it was just obviously a complete sickener to uh, obviously to miss the the touch kick, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but he kept. I thought playing. a lot of guys played well. I thought a lot yeah. of guys stood up, and uh, it was very hard to be critical of too many of them after it. To be honest, you know. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose one of the good points coming out of it as well is we're getting a bit of depth in our forwards. Um, we're going to be tripping over back rows soon. Um, yeah, well. And we had Tyke Furlong um, coming back into the frame as well uh, during the Six Nations too. So I have a couple of props there as well and decent props, young and yeah. not so young. Yeah, no, definitely. I think we're good shape. As regards back rowers, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, yeah, they're just there's too many of them. It's uh, yeah, it's mad stuff. But uh, you look at someone like Scott Penny, who's not even going to get next to near the Irish team. You know, he's three, two open sides. You could say nearly three ahead of him in Leinster. Never mind getting into the Irish setup. So it's just I don't know. It's mad. Um, and I, I think Scott Penny is the business. But yeah, he he just can't get a look in. So. It's uh, yeah, and Reese Ruddock, who has been outstanding all year, is absolutely delight for him last weekend. Uh, he so deserved a he so deserved a gallop. I couldn't believe he hadn't been in the setup up to that, but and he went well at the weekend as well. You'd be very hard to fault his performance as well. Absolutely. But, um, yeah. So look, yeah, definitely no shortage of um, options as regards back row. That's for sure. Yeah, and just um, while, and obviously it's great to have Tyg for a long back. Absolutely. And um, before we start talking about England and um, that you touched on there, regarding back rows, bad news for Caelan Doris. Um, so he dropped out of the Ireland squad before the France yeah. game. He was sent to specialists in Birmingham. He's, he seems to have serious concussion issues. Yeah, no, it's not looking good. And I suppose the long-term picture of concussion is never is never a good one either. So, um, but look, you don't know. I mean. Hopefully it's not too bad. Um, I know, well, we can come back to Johnny Sexton. He's probably a different kettle of fish, but he obviously had his issues when he was away in France as well. And he certainly came back after a layoff. Was he at six months or however long he was out with his um, concussion issues? And he's come back, barring obviously a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's been pretty good, to be fair. Absolutely. Um... So hopefully, but he's a young lad with massive talents. And uh, yeah, I know Leinster are absolutely raving about him. But you know, we haven't seen anything of what he's capable of, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got Josh Murphy in there as well. And you've got Max Deegan is still injured. He'll be coming yeah. back eventually again. And of course, uh, um, more injuries in the back row for Leinster as well. Uh, a young man had to go off and he used to get his cartilage shaved on his knee again. He's had a terrible... Oh, injury. poor old John Levy. God yeah. love him. I feel so sorry for him. Yeah, that's terrible. Um, yeah, just shocking because I absolutely love him to bits. He's a, a fantastic player. I actually love watching him play. He's a real... He's an absolute... He's a great bit of stuff and uh, I'm just gutted for him um, because I was... So glad to see him back. Um, and yeah, I, I would have him on my team sheet every day of the week. Yeah, um, but, that, um, that's the thing, Chris. Like you, you're well experienced. You know what you're talking about. Your uh, quality back row yourself. Um, and what is it you look? Everything's for? relative, Stephen. Everything's yeah. relative. <laughs> what is it you're looking at for people that don't know? I suppose the dark arts of the back row or skills and that people that watch rugby and enjoy, it, but they mightn't understand yeah. why we're saying he's such a good player and why Kalen is a good player. What? Do, what? Do yeah, you right. See? huge part of it is right place at the right time always knows when to take the correct line um, I'm trying to think of an example now but um, you know some guys 
and I, there's actually a lad who plays in Trinity, a guy called Max Carney, who's seven. He's tiny. He's slow. He, you know, you look at him and you go, why is he on a rugby pitch? Every single moment of the game, he's in the right place at the right time because he understands the game. He understands the line. And when he gets there, you know, he's a, he's a ball of, he's a ball of muscle. He makes a difference when he gets there. And, you know, that's it. I mean, I think a huge amount of you, you can have all the ability in the world. Um, but if you don't have an understanding of the game or kind of a, a feel for where the ball will be in two phases time. So you don't have to go across the pitch. You can literally go at 45 degrees across the pitch that you'll bring you, bring you to where the action is. And I mean, I think that's one of the things that, Dan definitely has, and um, you know, there's loads. I'm trying, trying to think of guys at the moment, but I mean, Reese Roderick would definitely be one of them, always in the right place when you need him to be there. And um, you know, that'd be sort of one thing I'd see as a stands guy out from the normal big, strong, bish bash kind of you know, someone like Courtney Laws who plays six and second row for England, but. I don't think he's a great rugby player, but he's a fantastic athlete. Um, so, you know, there's there's a subtle difference there, but a, a, a difference all the same. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting to get that insight, Chris. Um, talking about that France match, we only lost by two points. Um, there was a lot of good stuff in that game. But I think what's what we're seeing after the Wales and France games is there's a lot of bits and pieces of good things happening. There's a work-ons as well. But what's... Yeah. Why isn't it all gelling together? What's the issue? Don't know. Um, I wish I had the answer. Well, I think um, when we win first phase ball, which we won a huge amount of at the weekend, both their line out and ours, we, it went really well for us. So O'Connell has definitely made a difference because the line out was a struggle. But the um, struggling to get out of the game line. Now, Robbie Henshaw is playing great stuff. You can't fault him. Um, ring rose a little bit every time he gets the ball he's putting the ball under his arm and you know trying to beat a man um, now maybe he, there isn't any options he doesn't have a huge amount of options either left or right but just not sure that in the 13 channel that we're getting us not enough return on on investment and I, and I think to be honest a lot of people are talking about Mike Catton, he's not really stepped up to the plate and he's not bringing a whole lot to the party. You know, it's hard to argue with that because, you know, we don't look overly creative off first, second or even third phase um, when a lot of teams, particularly Scotland, look so dangerous off second and third phase ball, whereas we just don't. And is that coaching or is that people's just ball instinct knowing where to be what to do I don't know but um, certainly I would say that's definitely that kind of 10-12 channel it would just and obviously Johnny's he didn't play last week but you know he's he takes to the line like nobody else does but um, you know when he's not there you're kind of you're nearly five yards further back off first phase than you would be if he is there so it's um it's a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I noticed at the weekend, um, a couple of times, uh, there was obviously a tactic in there to kick the ball over France's heads and, and turn it back. But yeah. there's a, an attacking phase where Billy Burns got the ball and we think we had two or three 
Irish players outside him and a huge amount of space against, I think it was three French defenders, possibly two or one running across. But he, instead, he went for the kick. Even though oh, there, was, I remember that. Yeah. There, was an attacking, yeah. there was an attacking play yeah. there. And I thought to myself, okay, is that coaching? Was, was he told yeah. this? He's following orders there because that yeah. was a play. They didn't realise they're going to be left with. I don't know, France had lost the man somewhere in the attack and he didn't have mm-hmm. he didn't have the noose or whatever to go, shit, we've got a three on two here. Let's go exploit it. And uh, yeah, kick the ball away. You could absolutely see he was playing to instruction. That was the, that was the call of whatever phase it was. But yeah, that was disappointing because you I know for a fact that um Johnny would have you'd seen that and he would have played it as he thought. And I suppose that's the difference at that level as well that guys who can play it as they see it and like them or loathe them but Stuart Hogg and uh, Finn Russell have that in buckets you know they play what's in front of them all the time and if there's a plan move well it goes out the window if they see something else and that what brings the X factor and that's what makes it harder to defend against them because they realise people who are defending them realise oh, I can't make a decision here because they haven't made a decision so it's um, it's definitely a challenge that for the guys who are coming into the system who wouldn't have the confidence and obviously experience of the Johnnies of this world, which is a massive ask to be fair. Um, it definitely creates a, an issue then for you. Absolutely, and bringing us on to that next point, Johnny Sexton's getting knocks here and there. His hamstring is at him. He got a bad bang to the head, um, and he missed yeah. the France game, of course. So we're looking at successors. Uh, we've had Billy Burns put in. He he did that kick against Wales. He missed touch. Everyone thought he was going to be dropped or possibly benched, but he wasn't. He was uh, started against France. Um, yeah. And you've Ross Byrne on the bench as well, and then you've got people on the outside shouting for Harry Byrne to be from Leinster to be um, moved up through the ranks and given uh, possibly a game against Italy, whether it's off the bench or a start. Um, the whole out half, we do know there's a huge gulf between Johnny Sexton's talent and what's coming behind them right across the country what do you see is the possible replacement for Johnny or or how do we go yeah so I would absolutely be in the Johnny Sexton camp who was in the Tom Brady mode he's going for the Tom Brady I'm going to be there till they carry me off (laughs) Um, who is just another legend of of a different ilk altogether but um, Johnny is clearly modeling himself on Tom Brady. I can do this until I'm 40. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Um, he, uh, he is by a long way the best 10 in the country. There is no panic to get rid of him. He's going to be fit next week. He'll be starting against Italy. Absolutely guarantee it. And if I was coach, I would be picking him as well because he's my best player. I'm going to bring him. So, you know, putting him... Not picking him because you're worrying about the successors coming through. That's not Johnny's fault. And it's not it's not an issue while he's still there. And I fully accept, you know, there has to be a plan. There has to be a backup plan. We need to have a look at somebody else. But, um, I mean, I, I'm not 100% sure that... Um, I mean, I personally would be a fan of Jack Carthy. I know he's a bit hot and cold, but, you know, he has a bit of experience. He's been around the camp. He'd be a little bit like Finn Russell and that he'd have a little bit of uh, X factor about him. 
and you know he did produce a little bit of magic. Um, I absolutely believe Harry Byrne is a better ten than his brother. Um, but again, and he if you're if I had to throw somebody into the mix, um, you know he would definitely be one. But I mean, you've, the problem is there is no pecking order because what you have is Johnny, and then you have a flat line across the rest. You could pick any of. You know, eight or nine lads. I mean, Ben Healy, I think, is a great prospect as well. Um, in fact, Jack Crowley, the uh, the other ten in the monster who hasn't had a crack, really. He, I think, he's a super bit of stuff as well. And I actually read a piece there a few weeks ago that Ron Nagara tried to get him to go to La Rochelle, and I think that's an absolute criminal offence. They didn't, they did, he didn't go. Yeah. I mean, why he's going to sit and? get blisters in us for the next three years in Munster when he could have been out in La Rochelle getting unbelievable top 14 experience. I just think, yeah, I don't understand why uh, New Sephora as well isn't saying there's an offer, go take it, go. Because he's not going to get that experience in in Munster. There is no way. He's, you, have Joey, you have Joey Carberry coming back into the mix now as well. And uh, so he's got Ben Healy, he's got JJ, all of them ahead of him. I just think madness but you know i think he's a super bit of stuff and has uh definitely is uh an option but i suppose my so you know that whole 10 piece johnny sexton's fit you play him and stop look screaming looking around for his predecessor or his successor his successor even yeah um they will come they will come in time and you know like just don't see the benefit of throwing somebody in for 40 minutes against Italy. You know, I don't, yeah, good idea, but um, I'd certainly be starting Johnny anyway. Yeah. And if we have a nice score at halftime or something, well, then maybe chuck somebody in there. But, you know, I'm not sure about Billy Burns is the answer. He's uh, He's been around a long time. And, uh yeah, look, it doesn't do a whole lot for me. But certainly somebody who does do a whole lot for me is Craig Casey. I think he is the business. And I would I can't believe he didn't give him well, I can believe he didn't give him 15 minutes last weekend, but um I would start Craig Casey against Italy definitely next week, with the view that Murray's on the bench if there's a crisis. But um I think put him in, put Johnny a tent, look after him. And I just think he is, he is a whiz. I think he's absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, I definitely given him a, definitely given him a gallop, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was disappointing he didn't get his run out, but the game was too close at that stage against France. And that, that does happen as yeah, well. Yeah, um, yeah no, the, the balance of that would be right. Johnny and Craig, um, he is a fantastic talent. Um, and probably not even getting as many matches as would like as well again, with Munster. Um, so there's a big issue with talent management. We've, we're tripping over scrum halves, back rows, tens. Yeah. It's a good yeah. complaint, Chris, I suppose, but it's how to bring them all on uh, yeah. with their provinces. Leinster have done a great job, in fairness to them, of bringing on all these back rows. Yeah. What, three, four tens? Frawley as well. Johnny. Yeah, and Burns, I forgot to mention Frawley. him. I think, I think he's a super yeah. bit of stuff as well. But, you know, he's not going to get his game at Leinster. So, you know, he needs to go to the Premiership or France or somewhere as well to get game time because they're not going to get it at home. And, um, you know, 
unless you know Ross Byrne or one of these somebody else goes away but they're not going to go they're in the Irish setup now and they're um you know you know you can understand why those guys are going to stay around but um certainly those young lads I cannot understand why they wouldn't go away and I mean Johnny Sexton went away didn't do him any harm now I know he was at a different stage at the time but um you know you definitely need to get guys um, playing at the top level and Leinster are such a backlog now it just makes no sense Yeah it's funny Chris uh, the timing and what you're talking about as well there's a lot of contract negotiations going on at the moment yeah. and there's going to be difficulties with that because the, the IRFU don't have an awful lot of cash handy Correct. because uh, we yeah. haven't had people at games and other issues as well yeah. So do, can you see a bit of an exodus at some of the provinces, especially with, like you said, some of those players that might head off to England or wherever? But then again, the clubs in England and everywhere. Yeah, seen. exactly. I think everyone's in the same boat, to be fair. So, um, but, um, I mean, I have to say, if I was a young 21, 22, 23, I would absolutely encourage them to go away. I think you get a different perspective on life, do you get? You know, you learn a new culture, you learn to live in a different environment. And I don't think any of that does anybody any harm. And, you know, you're good enough and you believe in yourself, you'll come back and you'll you'll do it all again um, at provincial level, wherever that may be. So, look, I fully exp- appreciate there's a fear of leaving what you know. But, um, and obviously the union have worked really hard to keep guys at home. And basically said, we won't pick you if you go away. But I think there's enough of them there now that we're going to be sitting on the backside on a Saturday afternoon instead of being on the grass. Um, that I think it just makes sense to go away, to be honest. Absolutely. Chris, before we let you go, what's your predictions for the rest of the Six Nations for Ireland? I think Ireland will beat Wales. I think we'll beat Scotland. And I'd love them to beat England. <laughs> at home. <laughs> at home. Yeah, is that in Dublin? It is. It is, yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah, that'd France be nice. France for the Six Nations. Yeah, yeah, looking that way. I hope so, actually, because, yeah, we don't want England to win it, do we? No, we want to stop them as well. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> right. Yeah, so that's, yeah, boss. Yeah, I mean, honestly, how Scotland lost last weekend is beyond me but they just have that habit of being able to implode like no other team, but uh, they're just a joy to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris, it's great to have the, the rugby on uh, the telly and um, we look forward to the next round. It's away against Italy in Rome in just yeah. over a week's time. Uh, it's been great catching up with you, Chris. Um, Cheers, Stephen. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Again, thanks for talking to us on Scoreline. Definitely. Pleasure. Cheers. That's it for this edition of Scoreline Extra. You can catch the live show on KCLR every Saturday and Sunday from 2 o'clock. And if you like this podcast and want some more podcasts, why not check out the Clash Act from scoreline.ie, all things MMA and the Football Manager Football Show, all streaming with new episodes every week in your favourite podcast app in the KCLR app and online at scoreline.ie.